This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Pod save the king! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the King. I'm your host, Anne Gripper, and I'm delighted to welcome back a longtime friend of the podcast, Judy James, body language expert for her, I mean, her Pod Save the King debut. She's been on Pod Save the Queen a number of times, as long-time listeners will remember, I'm sure. But Judy, how are you? How have you been? I'm, I'm fine. And you know that was Queen Victoria, don't you? The original one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what put out on gramophone or something. Do they have the gramophone then, or maybe just played directly by the string quartet? <laughs> so yeah, um, there's been a lot going on since we last caught up, and the reason—I mean, the reason I invited Judy onto the show was we're a year into the Royals in their new roles, and I thought it would be interesting to have a chat with Judy and see how they're getting on and whether they have changed now that they've all taken a step up or I mean Megan and Harry's case obviously a big step out um, and that's been going on for slightly longer than a year so also to see how they are getting on but so yeah Judy what's your what's your impressions of the royal family right now how are they doing um I'm going to start with Charles um because I think for me I mean I hate to say it and I know Queen Victoria was a joke but I've pretty much been analyzing and studying Charles not all his life, I'm not that old, but, you know, for for a a vast swathe of his life. And I think that's an interesting angle because I've seen a man that maybe we're not seeing now. I think there's a sort of generation that are seeing this rather kindly, elderly man that is smiling a lot and sort of just bumbling his way and getting eggs thrown at him or getting touchy about pens when they break and things like that, but generally looking... Uh, very kindly, um, you know, getting completely tactile with or, or tactile by Macron. I, I absolutely can see the man inside, though, and I think he's probably the most interesting case because I'm not sure right now, from the man that I know and the man that grew up, that he's particularly happy. And the reason for that is I think he stepped into the role. He did kind of step up, but it wasn't a big step because it's something that he's been watching and he'd been taken over from his mother quite a lot towards the end of uh, the Queen's life, et cetera. So, uh, but I think the role is actually defining him right now. And that's not the Charles that I know. You know, seeing those slightly mothbowly gowns on the you know that he had to wear for the coronation etc um it, this is a man that likes change and i think that will probably surprise people he's always seen himself as a visionary um he will be looking i'm pretty sure for how can he create a legacy because where he's now wedged is somewhere between um, Philip, his father, very strong male alpha character, uh, William, who is completely brilliant and, again, very strong, very popular. Uh, and he hasn't found his own legacy yet. And I think 
it's been something that's probably um, plagued him for his entire life, where he always gets thwarted. You know, he's, he's always wants to he wants to make this whole village and do things, but uh, he's surrounded by people either Diana upstaging him, Harry's now upstaging him, William. I mean, I think people actually think William is the king right now. You know, I've sort of said people have, uh, uh, oh look, William and Kate. It's almost as though they forget that Charles is there a little bit. And this is not the man that I have known over the years. This is not the guy that I've been watching. And I don't think, although he appears very jovial, chuckling, he got on so well with Macron, he's laughing, he didn't mind being touched, etc. But I think he's more than just an elderly caretaker. And I think he will probably be sitting there right now thinking, how can I create my legacy? I don't want to be remembered purely as Diana's ex. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. That's what history is going to do to him now. Well, there's been a long time now. It feels like he has done a lot since. I mean, it's, you know, he and Camilla have been married for donkey's years now, really. Um, and so what are the tells that you can see that suggest that he's, I don't know, maybe a bit I don't know, frustrated or in a hurry or trying to find his place still? I think the fact that he has, and he was so touched at, at the public's response when his mother died, and I think his body language when he was working the crowd, I think he was genuinely quite surprised that he was so popular. You know, I think he got this wave of love and people actually did want to give him the love, which is not something that he's generally had, actually, for much of his life. It's like, oh, why, you know, it's me. Um And I think that did surprise him a little bit. And I think probably the more I see him playing this very genial, chuckling man, I think the more that, when I say it's a mask, it's not a mask. It works very well. It will make him very popular. But I think we're missing the steeliness that is beneath that. So the more we see the smiling, the chuckling, the laughing, I mean, if you watch him, the big tales are, uh, he does the pointless point. Have I discussed that with you before? It's something never point used to do when they go out on a royal visit and they're just losing it a little bit. They point at things, nothing actually. They'll point at nothing. They'll just point at the crowd. They'll point at it doesn't matter. And in a way, that's them trying to show an enthusiasm. Um, I'm not saying he's cold inside, but I, I, I think. You know, Lawrence van der Post was his mentor. I think he would love to be out in the desert somewhere, you know, thinking great thoughts. So I, the more we see the overkill signals of, of the chuckling and smiling, for me, that's more that something is wilting inside. And I think that's a shame. He's, he's a feisty man. Does it feel like he's, it sounds to me like you think, he, you feel like he's playing a role as if he's acting being king rather than, being finding for himself who he is as king just yet and it probably is I think you know you wait so long and you know you're gonna have have this job but until you're actually doing it you don't actually really know what it's going to be like and what it's I guess what it's going to feel like it is a massive difference because not only have you taken on this big job but your mum's not there anymore either and there's that whole like emotional stuff bound up with it of you're being judged. I mean, through the whole of history as well, but also through the very immediate prism of of your mum, who you miss as a person, and then she's also this sort of overshadowing figure in your job. So it must be a very weird place to be. 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, at the coronation, um, you know, I, I've seen footage of his mother's coronation. I don't know. It just looked bigger. It, it, the, 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 I think they filmed it from above. You saw this very small Hollywood almost woman sitting in the middle, very young, with that big crown on her head. He was never going to get that same vibe from it. And I, I don't know if you remember, he was he was a little bit tetchy, you know, I think outside. Um, I think he had to, I don't know if he had to wait for William and Kate or something, but you could, he started muttering and you always know that when he starts muttering, that's not a good sign. I mean, it's wonder Camilla didn't get out the car at that point. I probably would have walked. Um, he didn't look, happy and in actual fact unlike his mother who was so young when she was was crowned and she didn't actually she looked very confident but um with Charles he almost should have been more in control of that whole thing and I think he just looked very awkward I don't think that he was enjoying it quite as much as he should be and then of course you know William was just brilliant I mean his grandson even upstairs him and George was such an amazing I couldn't believe that George completely held that role together um when he came in because he was carrying the train and everything but even he looked so confident in the role as well I mean Louis um I think he might have popped to the loo at one stage but I mean he was just brilliantly well behaved more so than Charles when Charles was at his mother's coronation he was the same age, I think, as Louis. And you can see him on the balcony. It's worth watching footage. He was so naughty. He's just sat there with his arm and with his hand under his chin, looking really bored and fed up, and he wanted to go home. So, you know, even Louis, I think, um, was better behaved than Charles was back then. But I think Charles is probably getting it now while he's not young enough to enjoy it and just come bursting in and make all the changes that I think he would probably like to make. Let's talk a bit about Camilla because she is she's now the queen a role she probably never thought that she would ever end up taking on and I think very my, one of my favorite moments from the coronation was that very human moment when she's just having to adjust her fringe under this crown. <laughs> Because it's going in her eyes, and it's just like this is totally. This is just like you know, your mum, your grand, your auntie, anybody could be doing that. But here's this this woman who's, you know, probably being out with the dogs and the horses and all of that. But here she is. She's she's wearing a crown because she did finally get the man that she loved and who loved her. But you know, it took a winding, circuitous, and you know, difficult route for everybody to get there. But there she was, and she is now the queen how how is she getting on with her new massive job i think it's interesting when you mentioned the fact that she was just smoothing her fringe i mean a in the royal family that never happens you know i mean the royals have hairstyles that are decided when nothing moves normally you could put 12 crowns on it um it was a self-comfort ritual and it was an anxiety ritual and I think that we perhaps underestimate the levels of anxiety that Camilla goes through to attend events like that. I mean, again, I, I remember back to when she was labelled the most unpopular woman in the UK and, and ducking around looking hunted. And now suddenly she's supposed to carry off being being queen and, and hoping that people actually love her. I mean, I, I'm not sure that that's for her been a message that she's completely accepted I think with Camilla and I think it's really an important role but I think she's a great wife and I think she's a confident wife and I think she does all the wifely stuff 
perfectly. It's just what Charles needs. I don't think she's a comfortable queen. And you can see she, like we all would, I mean, she gets quite shaky. I mean, when she walked up and he was sitting and she had that crown on, I mean, I think we were all thinking, please don't let it fall off. You know, she was really struggling. And then when she got up to Charles, there was this sort of very human smile at him. And I think that was the only time he smiled during the day as well. It was a it was a tie sign of acknowledgement, which those two don't normally do. They don't do a lot of tie signs. They rarely catch one another's eyes when they're out and, and, and speak through their body language very much to one another. And that, for me, was one of the most powerful moments. There was a lot of messaging going on in that one moment. But I think she was very much there for his benefit, Um I don't think that that level of status um, is is a comfortable experience for her. I think um, I, I also I think that she prefers, and I think it's obviously a good thing. She will stand in his shadow quite happily, and you know Charles hated being upstage by Diana, and I think Camilla very cleverly, and we can see her at most of the most of the. Um, outings that they go on together, she'll, she'll stand back a little bit. She won't upstage him. So I think she's less likely to be a memorable queen. Um, I think she will be in very much a support role more than anything else. Another particular events where you do see her, I don't know, coming to life where you think actually this is this is the real Camilla. She's in her comfort zone. This is This is the kind of thing that she enjoys and she can feel like she can really make a contribution to. Yes, only uh, I actually I'm I'm absolutely not being critical because I completely get it. Her role duties, I never see her looking comfortable. I think um she's not a natural speech maker. Um she doesn't like to play for the cameras, she doesn't showboat. You know, Charles he was in sort of um I think the foot footlights. He he loved being a comedian when he was young. He was a performer, he liked being on stage. And again, I think people forget that about he loves being the centre of attention and cracking jokes. That's when he's most comfortable, but that's not her at all. The only time that I really see Camilla looking relaxed and comfortable, and I find it very touching when they've had photographs taken, usually of a wedding anniversary or a birthday. And you get those photographs just as the two of them that are sitting maybe on a on a bench in their garden or something like that. And you suddenly see a whole different dynamic to the relationship. She looks so happy, relaxed. Um, and I, I think it's an absolute shame that uh, because of anxieties and because of what happened in the past, she can't be more like that the rest of the time. It's such a hard job, isn't it? You know, and uh, it was done so well by the previous queen. And, and that's that's not who Camilla is. So, yeah, those, those are the moments I think that we should cherish with Camilla because that's when we see just her and Charles and looking really happy and joking uh, together. And those will be the only body language moments for me. Interesting. We'll be looking out at those with added attention next time we get some. Not too long until Charles's birthday, I don't think. So maybe we'll see one then. Um, William and Kate, our new prince and princess of Wales, I mean, Russell's been giving them a bit of a hard time recently. He'd like to see them doing more because he thinks they're being a bit really a bit, a bit slow. Yes, I, am, I will take that. I will take him on on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to say they've been. I think partly it's because they've got these ongoing projects, so they might be doing a lot, but it's not new. So it can be it can feel a bit um, 
samey maybe but you know they are also settling into new roles while also sort of having been doing them before have you seen have you seen changes in them i mean william's now in charge of the duchy of cornwall big estate different jobs to work on uh, the kids are getting older you know george is preparing for exams potentially and school and that, you know that's a big time for any parents uh changing schools whatever format that is and there's the you know kids growing and changing how do you see them as royals and as parents and as the prince and princess of wales I, I just think their body language has been phenomenal, and I, I will fight anyone about that one because I, I've been blown away. Um, I've been obviously analysing those two for decades, and they've been what I call the masters of stealth with their body language, never giving anything much away, making no mistakes, the odd little PDA, but nothing to be swooning about. Um, Kate has always had that pitch-perfect flawless smile that it's a it's I call it a customer service smile it's brilliant it never fades I mean anybody that thinks they can walk around with a smile as good as hers and hold that smile as long as she does don't underestimate how difficult that is Um, but after all of this time of being as I say pitch perfect flawless maybe a little bit bland uh, and I think that was deliberate because they didn't want to become a soap opera. They they learned from mistakes from the past. So I would look at their body language and I think, yeah, uh, they're they're obviously turning up looking professional. There was nothing much else there. You know, she might just touch her hair slightly, or uh, they they really got that one um, the, the the bland flawlessness absolutely right. But now. They have stepped up, and I've I've referred to it with their body language. They've unfurled, and particularly Kate, it's as though, and I'm not a good one when it comes to things like caterpillars and pupae, but she's the, the butterflies come out. I mean, she literally has unfurled. Um, there are new dimensions to her body language that I believe was always there. I think that is Kate. I think what we're seeing now is the genuine Kate rather than the the, the pitch perfect version, and I think we're seeing somebody that. Is relatively fearless. I mean, I've noticed that when she's out with Charles, she no signs of fear there whatsoever. I mean, everybody's respectful, but I remember that time that she was the one that went and put her arm around his shoulder when he was in mourning. I think it was his father, wasn't it, at the funeral? Uh, I don't think many people apart from Zara would have done that in the royal family. Um, she also, you know, that thing where she sort of wedged um William and Harry together as well, that little bit of choreography where she got them. And and more so than that, I mean, after the Queen died, when they arrived at Windsor with all four of them, Harry and Meghan and Kate and William. I mean, just look at what Kate did when the car turned up. Um, William and Harry went and stood together. Um, and I thought she's in the car with Meghan. I mean, you know, is that is that say she got Kate got out of that car and she strode across. She was not hanging around. She made her feelings, I think, pretty obvious. And she walked away from the others as well. And I thought, you, there's a very, very firm side to Kate. And I think it's completely necessary in the job that she'll be doing. I mean, Windsor men need a little bit of um, taking in check. Uh, And I think, amazingly, we're seeing leadership traits from her as well. I think going out on solo jobs now, she's even better than she is when she's with 
William. She's dropped the bag, so she's got her hands are empty, so that prop's gone. She piles into every visit. She just comes straight out. She's got, uh, with her body language, it's called a charisma that is, uh, it's not here I am, which is what Harry and Meghan tend to do, you know, we're here. Um, With Kate, it's there you are. She goes and she's so interested in people. Her listening skills, active listening signals with her body language. When she does talk, she's developed some really um, emphatic hand gestures. You see a slightly spiky hands. She's she's wanting to get to the point, fascinated by what people are, are saying to her. So very immersive, very confident. And I think I'm, I've been so impressed. And I think it's a shame that that was waiting there all the time. Uh, but good for her. You know, she's waited and now she's unleashed that. And again, the um, coronation, and this is the other thing with William and Kate. Could they keep the continuity of the royals going through a younger generation? Well, when they turned up at the coronation in those outfits that did not look as though they smelt of mothballs, uh, I just you suddenly you saw people that were on a different regal level, um, and they wore it so well. I think everybody else was looking a bit embarrassed, you know, by what they were wearing. Those two walked in looking like no this 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 is who we are and this is how we are fantastic talking about Kate demonstrating sort of more leadership more confidence more um firmness and being I guess more herself and more out there for listeners I mean some of them might want to be more assertive or more leadery are there are there particular things that you've noticed Kate doing that maybe we could try at home or see whether it is part of our own repertoires what are the little signals and I I think there's some political characters that would probably be quite interested in the tips as well yeah again I think that um, we're always sold the idea that leadership charisma is all about people that uh, it's called alpha charismatic figures, and that would be people that dominate in a room. Um, you know, we saw Trump the other day just stands there rotating, chest puffed out. Uh, that's not necessarily a sign of good leadership, though. And and Kate looks as though she's into what's called um, the science of sensation. She works on making the people that she's meeting feel confident. It's a, it's a form of contagious confidence. And a lot of that, and I think... Um, Prince Philip did it. I did meet him once and I, I, he just said, so what do you do? But he looked really interested in the answer. I couldn't believe it. So a lot of it is, he couldn't have been really, you know, I mean, I think I was the 200th person he's asked in one room. But it, it's that intense interest in people and it, it, it can be the tilt of the head. It can be the nodding when people are talking, the eye contact when people are talking. And then really asking uh, the right questions. And again, with those hand gestures that show that you're not just there to go through the motions, you're genuinely interested in learning about people's lives. So it's not all about projection. It's more about allowing other people to project. And she's, I think she's sort of getting, getting that one. And how about William? How's he doing? Sorry? How about William? How's he doing? Yeah, he's. Um, I, I think he's gr- growing in confidence. He probably needs Kate next to him more than she needs him right now, um, in terms of their body language, because she had this very, very. Uh, again, it was by stealth. 
William does a lot of nervous gesticulation. He he loves the fig leaf pose where he stands with his hands folded in front of him. It's like a barrier gesture. And Kate used to copy it. She would mirror it so it looked like an okay gesture. Um, the, the, the moments when she will gaze at him as though he's saying just the most interesting things in the world and that adoring gaze and those little touches of encouragement that she would do and the odd little sexy touch, you know, maybe on his thigh or something like that. And I think all of that has helped a man who was, he could be quite naughty as a kid, but he could also be quite shy. And I think she's helped him get rid of that shyness. It's still there a little bit, but when I see him going out now, by himself on the world stage. I think it is a little bit of a pity that she's not always with him, although he is growing in confidence. And again, I think, you know, when he went to America recently, um, it was kind of Hugh Grant charm, wasn't it? You know, it was, which I think worked really well over there. Um, that slightly bashful charm, I think, will actually do him favours. But again, he, he also wants to be a visionary and I think he's still got another step to go up where he can do these rafter rattling speeches um, and really change people's lives I think that will be the next step for him. Interesting talking of America our friends Megan and Harry departed to uh, adventure and a new life and a new way of being not royal um, royal adjacent maybe uh, how do you think they are enjoying their new lives? What I, do you see in them? I, I think recently, um, I mean, they're clearly happy together and blah, blah, blah. But um, I think in terms of the way that they want to brand themselves, um, I think they're slightly lost. And I think Harry, his body language recently, it looks as though he maybe didn't remember that when you're not a royal anymore, you do have to look after yourself, work out your own choreography. There's not people walking around whispering in your ear, or oh, this is so-and-so, and they've been building their allotment for the past year. I think he probably forgot how much a royal is, uh, their life's made easy in the way of being ferried around, and all they have to do is pretty much stand there and smile and then chat to people. Um, I think that him, Megan, quite rightly and it is, I still feel it's a shame that they're not in the royal family doing this but I think they threw themselves into change and being a bit of a revolution um uh, tactile they're lovely romantic sexy PDAs they it, they look like real people and they were very good fun and they actually did make William and Kate back in the day look a little bit stuffy you know it was like yeah why don't you just get out there and hug people and everything like that but I think they might just be realising that mistake because and this is something that William, I think, has understood from his mother's life, that there is a mistake if you're too giving in your body language. If you then um, come back a bit on it, like everybody sees them as this wonderful love story, but then the minute we're not seeing that, all the rumours start that are they not happy together? I mean, when uh, she arrived at the Invictus Games and there was that slightly clunky bit on stage where she walked out by herself you've now got the whole world going oh why didn't you come out hand in hand you know she introduced him last time why are they not kissing on stage and calling him my wonderful husband and everything so that is the problem that once you start that personal soap opera of being too revealing it's very hard to to come back from it and just get on with your job um and I've noticed them recently do you remember with the Kevin Cosner 
Um, so the, well, the choreography just went to pot. I mean, that's when Megan walked out and grabbed that microphone. No, it's not for you. And then he had it. And then uh, she's, I, I think that what's happened is the steering and the choreography. I think she realizes being an actress that Harry is used to that and needs it. So she's been doing it. And I don't know if you remember with Kevin Cosner, she picked the award up, gave it to him as though he was a little kid on speech day, and then actually gave him a little bit of a shove, like he was five years old or something. And that might be okay if it comes from one of your entourage, but it just looked like she was his mum, and I don't think that's perhaps quite working for them. I I think that in a way, George and Amal Clooney should have been their squad goals because they are celebrities, but they actually present themselves in quite a regal way and everything is pretty impeccable, although George is allowed to be a little bit funny as well, which would suit Harry. Um, And I think maybe if they could have stopped at that level where they weren't so giving. I mean, I watched George and Mal the other day. They held hands on the way out, but there there was nothing much more than that, and it was great and they looked wonderful. and I, she even got in the back of the, the car to go to the award ceremony and she didn't sit down. I mean, because of her dress was so perfect, she was standing in the back. Of, and I thought, wow, a lot of work goes into looking that regal. And I I wonder whether Harry and Meghan aren't regretting being just a bit too giving about themselves and their relationship via their body language. Hard when you've been going at 100 miles an hour to slow down and if you're still at 80 miles an hour, it feels pretty fast, but it's not as fast as it was. I have not driven at 100 miles an hour, just to clarify that. Congratulations. I turned up with my hair over there and my dress and pitch. <laughs> I got in the black of a, a taxi in London once and I got in and shut the door too quickly and it shut on my it shut on my evening dress and I was literally hanging and he set off. Well, (laughs) Amal has my complete and utter respect because I was hitting the side of the the taxi and everything. It's not an easy thing to do, but yeah. So uh, a lot of work goes into being that perfect. We're nearly out of time, but just before we finish a very quick, quick fire out of the rest of the slim down Royal family, who's your one to watch and why? I always, for me, body language, it's Zara and Mike. I'm sorry. The minute I watch them, I start smiling. I love the way that they can be as giving as they like. They're the sexiest couple of royals, but they're always funny um, and they seem to be enjoying themselves. And I love to see royals looking as though they're enjoying themselves, but not at our cost. Brilliant. We enjoy them very much as well. And I remain very envious of the excellent summer they had going to all getting the best tickets for just about everything. Um, But I've had an excellent ticket today, Judy, having a lovely chat and catch up with you. Uh, Really fascinating hearing your views and some of the secret signals that are going on. And we can all look out for things. Always really interesting to hear what's going on. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. And listeners, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that slightly different look at the Royals. And if you've got other questions, then uh, send send them in and we'll see what we can do. It will, we'll have to make sure it's not quite so long until Judy comes back again. So listeners, thanks for joining us. We'll be back again next week. And until next time. Pod save the king. 